Hi, welcome to the Juno Files. I'm Jim Juno, and I'm your friendly, harmless host. And today we are talking with Gretchen Bonaducci. She has a new book out called Surviving Agent Orange and Other Things I Learned from Being Thrown Under the Partridge Family Bus. It's published by Rare Bird Books. And if her name sounds familiar and you are a fan of classic television, then the Bonaducci name will will trigger some insight in your brain. Uh, welcome to the show, Gretchen. Hi, Jim. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, that was quite the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I always uh, forget how long my book title is until someone's saying it. <laughs> That's all right. It, it lets people know. And um, but this book is basically tells of your of your story of your 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 young life, then your life married to Danny Bonaducci of the Partridge family fame and mm-hmm. and the time after. Uh, it's almost like it's in three sections, your early life, then your married life, and then post married life. Yes, because I didn't want it to be all about being married to Danny. As fascinating and awesome as a lot of it was you know, I did have a life before him, and I did have a life after him. So I kind of wanted to cover all my bases. So, um, um, yeah, that's that's the way exactly. It's in kind of three parts. Yes, and and what amazes me is that you grew up in. Would, would you call it a? Would you say you're a, a military brat? I mean, you're was your um, father? Kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, I moved around a lot as a kid. Um, my stepfather was in the Army, and that's what brought me to Germany when I was living there was because he was stationed there. And then my father uh, worked in the nuclear industry, and so we were moving around a lot for his job. You know, he worked for Commonwealth Edison in Illinois for many years, and then we uh, moved to Tennessee, Chattanooga, during my high school years, and which was, you know, quite interesting to move from the north to the south and <laughs> be the Yankee. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I did uh, uh, definitely move around a lot as a kid, which is great. I think it's such a wonderful opportunity to see the world and meet a lot of people. And I'm sure it's not hurting my book sales that I've lived so many places and have met so many people. <laughs> so well, uh, I'm sure that's helping. Exactly, and and but but when you when you were growing up though it was a I would let's say a, a pretty strict family. Oh yeah, very. Um, my parents are Southern Baptist, so mm-hmm. they were incredibly um, no sense of humor about anything whatsoever. <laughs> like, you, know, you went to school and you did your homework and you you said yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and. Yeah, you, you pretty much had to do whatever, you know, they said. And we were in church every Sunday, and even when the doors were open, even if it wasn't a Sunday, that's where we spent a lot of our time. So, yeah, I did have a very strict upbringing, and knowing how I am, it probably was a good thing for me. <laughs> but somehow... <laughs> good I didn't have hippie parents. <laughs> but somehow, you ended up going the golf life, didn't you? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that question. Oh, somehow, somehow you ended up uh, being a being a rocker, going the golf life. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, when I married Danny, my job was pretty much to take care of him because when we got married, he was 
totally a mess, and a lot of the time I spent just trying to help him be better, and that was really all I had time for. You know, I mean, I wanted to sing in bands, and I wanted to do those kinds of things, but really there wasn't a way for me to do that. You know, my job was helping Danny become better and taking care of him, and then we had children, and then it was taking care of my kids. So I really didn't start, um, you know, doing the band thing until after I divorced Danny. Right. But now, speaking of Danny, uh, you know, let's let's face it, the, a lot of the book deals with your marriage. 18 years that you were married to him. And uh, yes. you got you got married on the same night or same day that you met him. Well, that is the lore. That's, uh, that is the lore, uh, everyone, yeah. Yeah, everybody thinks that is what happened because Star Magazine wrote an article that said, uh, Danny Partridge marries blonde after eight-hour courtship. Um, <laughs> so then that sucked. Everybody thought that was true. Um, uh, it, it's not true, but it wasn't much longer than that. <laughs> it was probably right. more like 72 hours. Yeah, it was a little bit longer than that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just felt like I don't have a better plan. This seems as good of a plan as any. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> oh, why not? Hey, you know, so... <laughs> But I no. know, and I mean, we were married 18 years. I know people that have dated years and years, got married, and they're divorced in six months. So, you know, for me, I kind of feel like any reason to marry someone is as good as the next because 50% of them aren't going to work out anyway, you know. And um, I had the hardest circumstances, you know, because I married someone with drug issues and mm-hmm. alcohol issues and anger issues. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't easy a lot of the time, but yet, I mean, I try to explain it to people that I think um, it was either really, really great or really, really bad. There was no in-between, you know, and so the really, really great times kind of kept me in there, you know, hoping that eventually we would just have some regular old normal times, (laughs) which we didn't. No, it was always, it seemed like it was always, always on a roller coaster ride. Yeah, it was. And, you know, I've, I always wanted to get married, and I was, um, you know, really, because the way I was raised, you know, and I think that also explains a lot of the reason that I hung in as long as I did, that when you are raised in a religious family, you are very, very conditioned to turn the other cheek and forgive, mm-hmm. forgive, you know. So I think that would explain a lot of the reason why I hung in there as long as I did. And you even, in your book, you called Danny Bonaducci a fixer. In your eyes, he was a fixer-upper, the ultimate fixer-upper. Yeah, totally. And I think that's just part of my, you know, genetic makeup. I feel like I want to fix people. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it just (laughs) is what it is, you know. I like broken people. All my friends, almost all of them have issues. I'm trying to, like... Um, not do that anymore, though. If it's too many issues, I'm trying to like, draw the line and not have that. <laughs> because, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm becoming less tolerant of being, you know, n- just too needy with people. And in, your, and in the book, you, you address the questions that a lot of people would probably be asking, like, why did you, why did you stick it out so long? Why, why did it yeah, take Yeah, I think I just explained that. Don't you yeah, agree? Like, exactly. when people are in... A, a religious upbringing, you just, that's the way you are. And, you know, even with all his infidelity, I didn't catch on to it till there was texting and the Internet because 
I don't think that way. You know, like I can't even fathom a person that can come from uh, a person's house they're having an affair, come sit at the dinner table with you and your kids and act like everything's fine. Like I don't know how someone does that, you know. It's weird no. to me. And that is that is something that, you know, he – and he seemed to have two personalities. One was one when he was by himself and one when he – uh, was with you, and he didn't want the one that was by himself to be brought up to him when you he was know, with you. It, it, it's so weird with him because he is one of the biggest-hearted people I know. Like, he will help everyone, and especially his fans. He loves his fans. Like, wherever we were around the world, everyone would know who he was. And, you know, it never bothered him that people came over while we were eating or, you know, trapped in a line like at Disneyland and wanted a picture. He he never minded that. Like, he loved being who he was. But, you know, at home, at our house, he just had a lot of demons that, you know, we were dealing with all the time. Was it hard for you to to finally put the words to print, uh, to relive, I mean, basically to relive these 18 years? No, you know, it was it was kind of I know, I hate the word cathartic because it's so overused in my opinion, but I never really thought too much about writing a book and then so many people I would just tell them a story, the story or that story and they're like, "Oh my god, you should write a book." And I started to think about it and I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? I do have some interesting stories that people might be interested in reading." And, you know, I'm I'm trying to uh, pitch the book as a movie right now, and I sort of see it as a cross between Bridget Jones' Diary, Only True, and I, Tanya. <laughs> like, that describes <laughs> my book entirely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, you know, and, and, and I truly did not know, would people be interested? You know, I mean, I don't have hundreds of thousands of followers, um, and I tried to write a book that I hoped would be interesting to people, and then they would go, oh, my God, that's so weird. That was the girl that was married to Danny, you know, like it didn't matter that it was me. I, I, that's what I was aiming for, that I could write a book that people would just want to read because they thought it was interesting or funny or, you know, uh, made them feel better because they were in a marriage like that. So that's kind of what I was aiming for. You know, that was, that was my next question was that maybe somebody reading the book is actually in the same situation, maybe not the same to the extreme that you were in, but in a, in a similar situation, and perhaps they could look to the book for inspiration I have or guidance. gotten so much mail already about that, and and you know how satisfying for me that I made someone feel like they weren't alone. You know, like I have received so many Instagram messages and Facebook messages from people, most of them really nice. I've had a few, um, you know, <laughs> little smart oh, Alex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but for the most part, um, really nice people. And uh, how can I regret writing a story that made someone feel better? You know, like I, I'm, I'm really proud of it. Um, I tried to make it a funny book, which is why the title you know, because I wanted people to go, oh, this looks like it could be a funny book. And when you read, like, the chapter titles, 
Um, I wanted to convey that, you know, when people would ask me, oh, are you writing a tell-all book? I'm like, no, that's what sounds mean. You know, like your intention is mean when you're writing a tell-all book. That was not my intention. My intention was to tell my story from my point of view. My ex-husband has had years of radio shows to say a lot of things about me, some of them true, some of them not true, and I wanted to represent myself. You know, I wanted people to read it and come to their own judgment about me. If you still hate my guts because you've heard Danny say mean things, you read my book, then okay, I accept your hate. But, you know, if you are, were just taking what he said and, and you know, not really taking my words and my experience, then, yeah, I, I just don't accept your opinion about no, me. No, you can't. <laughs> so, and yeah. there's no reason you should because nobody knows what you went through except you. Right. And, you know, that's amazing how some people think that, oh, I know better. But there are people out there who feel will be helped by this book. Um, after the marriage, you, like you said, you started, you got back in, you got, well, first of all, before we do that, you have a successful career pitching, pitching TV shows. Are yeah. Um, Danny and I, we did Breaking Bonaduce on VH1. And that was an idea that um, I came up with the concept for the pilot we shot, which was Rock and Roll Dinner Party. And we had rock stars, and they came over, and it was a potluck, and um, then they filmed the dinner show. Um, And then VH1 said, oh, you know what, we don't really like that idea, but we like you two. So we're going to go ahead and give you guys the show, because everyone was looking for the next Osbournes. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Osborne's was such a smash, and we came up right behind that. And that's and the reason was because every TV show in the world, you know, there was Nick and Jessica, Simpson, or Lachey, whatever she went by. <laughs> and uh, then we, we were, like, third. And then there was Mike or Brady. And then there was, uh, I mean, just on and on and on, so many. And so we ended up doing that show. We decided not to do a third season because we're like, if we do a third season, we're going to get a divorce. Like every time we start filming, Danny would go just absolutely insane. Um, and, and, and I don't, people at home, they don't realize how producers, that's kind of your job is to get as much drama out of people as you can. And when you're getting positive reinforcement for acting crazy, you just kind of up it. And that's what Danny was doing because he couldn't help it. You know, all these producers are like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. You're so crazy. And then the next day shoot would be crazier, you know. Um, So then we ended up doing, I uh, I know my kid's the next child star. That was the next one we brought in, which was mm-hmm. an idea that I came up with. I just ended up having a knack for doing it, coming up with show ideas and show titles. And one of the titles that we threw out for that show was Surviving Agent Orange because Danny was, you know, going to be an agent representing kids. And that's where the title of the book comes from, um, oh. which is funny. You know, it's not me. Like, I was kind of worried that vets, Vietnam vets would go, this doesn't seem funny, but what it actually means is an agent, someone who represents people. And, you know, Danny has red hair, so it was one of the titles we had thrown out for the TV show. Um, And then it became our code word for Danny. My assistant and I would be like, Agent Orange is driving up the driveway. Agent Orange is on the way to his meeting. So, you know, it was a funny thing. (laughs) So, So... Then after those two shows, after Danny and I got divorced, I was cast on a TV show called Give Me My Reality Show, 
which I ended up winning, which yeah. is weird because again, I didn't, I don't have a big fan base, and America voted, and somehow I won. So, so yeah, I, I do um, um, TV shows. I've had several picked up um, at production companies. I'm doing one now called uh, Cooking with Rock Stars. And uh, that's going to start filming in December, and I'm a producer on that show. So I love doing it. It's, it's a lot of fun. I actually prefer being on the other side of the camera. You know, I, I don't care about being in front of the camera anymore because, you know, I'm getting to be in my 50s, and it's just a lot of maintenance to keep yourself, you know, <laughs> looking like a housewife from Beverly Hills. So it's fine with me to be on the other side. But you are, are you still performing uh, in the band with a name that I'm yeah, not even going yeah, to playing, <laughs> the, the, We are the, doing that. Um, I'm playing in Laughlin, Nevada at uh, Tropicana the third weekend of October. And I do things when they come up, but it's not like a priority for me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my hobby. So if something comes up and I can do it and I, you know, I'm not booked to do something else, I do it. And I love it. I love I play with such incredible musicians. Um one of my guys plays in um, Eagles of Death, Death Metal. Do you remember that mm-hmm. band? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were they were the people that were at the Bataclan in Paris yeah. when that massacre took place. One of my guys plays with them. One of my guys is in Power Man 5000 and Lords of Acid. So I'm just so lucky to play with incredible musicians. And, uh, yeah, so, so I do do that if an opportunity arises. But... You know, I'm not living off the income for <laughs> the $50 they pay you a night. <laughs> I mean, they pay more at casinos. But, you know, a lot of places in L.A., it doesn't really pay. So it's just kind of a fun hobby that I do, and, and I love it. It's a lot of fun. One of the, one of the things I, I really loved about your book, and I'm not going to repeat it all, but near the end there is a set of rules, and I'm going to mention one, is that if you're going to be a stalker, you must weigh between 105 and 115. Because yes. <laughs> I was completely unhappy when I had a stalker who was pushing 200 pounds running around Los Angeles saying she was me. I'm like, um, really? Because I know every conversation when the person left was like, oh, my God, have you seen how Gretchen Bonaduce has gone downhill since she divorced Danny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, can you please just be in shape? That's all. Just be in shape. Uh, that's all I'm asking if you're going to stalk me and pretend that you're me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gretchen, I appreciate you doing this today, appearing on the Juno Files. I know I know this is not something you, you have to do, but I appreciate you doing it. And like I said, it's a Yes, name is Gretchen Bonaducci, Surviving Agent Orange. And other things I learned from being thrown under the Partridge family bus is a book, and it's published by Rare Bird Books. You can find more about it at the Rare Books. I'm sorry, I screwed that up. The Rare Bird Books uh, website. Also, you have your own website. I believe it's GretchenBonaducci.com. I, you know what? I think it is. Honestly, I should know that. And I but, um, but, yeah, I have um, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, the book's available on Amazon.com, which is sold mm-hmm. out the first day. I was shocked. Oh, and then right. they restocked it and it sold out again. Yeah, so I'm just so excited, you know, that people seem to be kind of interested anyway what I have to say. <laughs> so, uh, but I thank you so much for having me on. You are just a sweetheart to want to talk to me at all. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. And that's the general file for now.